Many of you out there know that in order to be qualified to participate in most syndications, you have to be an accredited investor. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways you become an accredited investor is net worth. Used to be, not too many years ago. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant here with a fun show today. It's going to be good. Yes, good laughing show. I don't know. know. An opportunity to have a little laugh. At someone else's expense, and I feel bad about that at the beginning of the show. But as I read, I probably won't anymore. So this is the only time that I'm going to feel bad. But I mean, it's good that I feel bad at the beginning of the show, right? Yeah, true. We'll get into it and everyone will be like, oh yeah, he shouldn't feel bad. Because that is kind of ridiculous. What It's a financial planner's view. So, you know. We should start the show by saying that Heather and all the other ladies had an Mm. awesome time at the women's investment group meeting. It was awesome. Yeah. It was so fun. I know that it's awesome because I listened to it after the meeting. So ladies, I did not sneak in. I was not there. Rhonda did not show up, but (laughs) I heard it was really good from a bunch of people. And I listened to it post and it was really well done. Good job, Heather. You served a bunch of people. It was awesome. So, you know, I took your advice. You've given me great advice. I don't know if I've ever shared it on the show. Maybe I have of focusing on giving and serving and blessing the lives of people who are attending. Because if Mm -hmm. I was in my head about, wait a minute, a webinar with just me talking for 90 minutes, that's a long time to talk. And I called called you yesterday, Ron. I'm like, what if I have to use the bathroom? What do I do? <laughs> so like, that That's part was really ninety minutes, Heather. It's not. I know, not but the logistics, day. the logistics yeah. was um, a little tricky. And I, as soon as I focused, when the women started coming in the group and joining in the webinar, I saw a few familiar faces and clients and stuff, and I just was like, oh, I'm so excited to give right now, and it totally shifted and changed. So great, great feedback for me like so, years ago. If you missed it, Heather's probably going to do another one sometime soon. And so if you're of the female persuasion out there, you should definitely reach out. That way you don't miss the next one. It was really yeah. well done. Yeah. Invest at rpcinvest.com. We could even send you the recording if you wanted uh, to Yeah. I mean, if it. you want to cheat and not show up live, you can do that. That's what I did. So <laughs> it works. It works. Well, my brother came. My brother's a client and my brother came and joined the meeting. The women thought it was all women. Like I he, don't know. I don't think he changed his name and it said David. So. <laughs> so yesterday, David identified as a woman and showed up. Good for you, David. <laughs> it's 2023, baby. Be whatever you want to be. <laughs> all good. All right. We'll do well, it again. I sent Heather an article that my wife sent me. So thanks, Bobby Joe. Oh, Bobby Joe. I didn't know that. She sent me this and she was like, this guy, I think he says the exact opposite of what you're saying, Ron. Maybe you should just read this. I was reading it and and it was, it's hysterical. It's so bad that it's hysterical. Totally. I mean, the fact that they put themselves out there with talking about something that sounds so idiotic and then reading through the comments on the article was even 
more hilarious. Yeah. See, I don't do, I don't do that. I told Heather today, I said, I don't, I don't read the comments. Typically you can scroll for, you can get lost in True. the comments. True. So I don't read the comments on articles. I just read the article, but yeah, this is the fun part of reading articles. Headline wealth manager quote, buying a home is usually a terrible investment. And here's why. <laughs> okay. So now Starting out, this is good because this dude is, is put himself out there as a wealth manager saying that uh, owning a home is a horrible investment. Now, there's others out there, super heavy hitters, saying that owning a home is a horrible thing. So this guy, should I say his name, Heather? Well, yeah, because we're going to put the article in the show notes. Yeah, so you're sure. read it anyway. Dude's name is Peter Maluk. 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 I don't know. I would assume Maluk. I don't know. I don't know the guy. So I got nothing against him. He's probably a really nice person. I don't know. Yeah. But he's a certified financial planner who apparently doesn't know how to do math very well. So we're going to go through this. And this article is just a, I guess it's just kind of a, a headline for you should really see what your financial planner believes before you should give them money. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Maybe. look at their philosophies. Maybe see if they've got an article on CNBC. And listen, Heather, every time somebody sends me an article like this, I go into it and say, there's got to be something in here I can learn. Yeah, true. This time I was really disappointed. Yep. This is bad, people. (laughs) This is so bad. I don't know. Okay, so let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Young homeowners, let's see. In reality, it's usually a terrible investment, he says. That's because at the end of the day, owning a home takes money out of your pocket. You're paying property taxes. You're paying maintenance. You're paying insurance. There's a lot of other things that happen with your home that you've got to pay for. Yeah, that is a downside of owning a home. I mean, we're having to replace our windows in our house right now. It's expensive Hot and it's not dog. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the, now I didn't learn anything. I've been a yeah. homeowner for a couple of decades. Longer than that, Heather? No, I don't longer. Know. Long time. Yeah. Okay. Long time. I've been a homeowner a long time. In addition to that, my wife and I move a lot because we're crazy. I don't know what's wrong with us, but <laughs> we move a lot. And so I've owned a lot of houses And while it's true, you do have all of the expenses that he says, and then there's others. I don't think anybody didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. I think pretty much the whole planet knew that. And if you didn't know that before you bought a house, Heather, someone is going to tell you that they're impounding taxes and insurance into your payment. That's probably why they do it, because people will just forget that they owe taxes and insurance insurance on their property. But exactly. But I mean, I think everybody knows those things. And then if you own the property and the water heater breaks, well, you're replacing the water. Nobody's going to come save you, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I think the article goes on to say, you know, renting in a place like New York City, right? Like that I can get behind. We've had a lot of clients Mm -hmm. that call and buy rental property before they own a primary residence because it is so much more expensive to own than it is to rent. Yeah. There's a difference. That does make sense. Yes. And you know what? In Peter's defense, Heather, 
Maybe he's never left New York City. True. Maybe he lives in New York City and he's never left. In which case, he's probably right. Yeah, true. You can rent because they have some communist rent policies in New York. You can actually rent a place for less than you can own it. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think that makes all of the other people who own have a bad investment. So let's go through the numbers because this is the part that really is fun. So say you live in Brooklyn, New York. I don't know. Maybe he lives in Brooklyn, New York. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. And you pay $2,500 a month to rent. But if you bought your own place, you might pay $5,000 a month. So this is the part where Heather says that actually makes sense. Yeah. Okay. We're with you, Peter. If that's Mm -hmm. the case, probably makes sense to rent. But like Heather said, it probably makes sense to buy some real estate outside of New York or move your happy butt out of the communist (laughs) state and go somewhere else. I think there's there's probably really good jobs somewhere, but maybe you love New York. That's great. And to all of you people who live in New York, you know, we like to come visit. New York's a cool place. Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't want to live there. No. But hey, same thing with LA. I love California, but I'd never live there for the same reason. Well, one quote in here is by an author of, I will teach you to be rich. I don't know how to say his name. So you have to look up the book. But he says, generally, we assume that over the long term, if we invest in a low cost diversified index fund, we get 7% in annualized returns. This is the part that kills me. Can you beat that in your area over time with real estate appreciation? That's just one of the four returns of owning real estate. (laughs) But but let's just go with it. Okay. Because this, this probably will be fun. And let's let's use different math, okay, like different price points, mm-hmm. just because it'll be easier for everybody to understand, especially where we don't have any slides, all right? So let's do a half a million dollar house, okay? Mm-hmm. And let's, you know, most people who are buying houses, especially because I think the people that he's talking to are people who are, you know, maybe first-time buyers, you know, people moving from rental into home ownership. Let's just talk to them for just a second. Okay. Cause let's just say $500,000 house. Okay. Now 500,000, let's keep the investments the same. Okay. So let's throw mm-hmm. $500,000 in a diversified index fund and we're going to get 7% a year. So we're going to get $35,000. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is your return. 7%. Done. Hard stop. That's it. Now in real estate, if this is your own home, most people who are first time buyers are putting somewhere between zero and 10% down. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go on the high side, say it's 10%. Okay. So if they put 10% down, right, that's, is everybody, do the math with me, everybody. Right. 10% down off a half a million dollar house is $50,000. Okay. So your investment is $50,000. Okay. And let's also assume that we don't live in New York or anywhere where there's crazy appreciation. Let's just keep this super, super low. 
let's say 3%, okay? 3% appreciation is $15,000. Yeah. Now, we just put $50,000 in as the investment, right? So we divide that 15,000 by 50,000 and we get 30, 30%, 30%, 30%. Okay. Yep. Peter, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> Peter, even if I did 20% down, okay. Yeah. Which most people aren't doing, but let's, let's just say I did 20% down and it was a hundred. That's still two times the return of the mm -hmm. cool index fund. Now, don't get me started about the fact that the index fund says it's making 7%, but the investor actually doesn't get 7% because of all the fees. And since you're a financial planner, of course, your fee, whether it yeah. goes up 7% or down, regardless, you're getting paid. Okay. That was a shot. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> That was a shot because but it's true. I don't know if Peter gets paid that way. Maybe okay, he gets paid okay, a portfolio fair. fee and he fair. has. Okay. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't get anything for selling. There's no commissions, right? Just trying to keep this fair because it's about to get really not fair. It's already not fair because I mean, we're destroying this. Well, destroying the logic of it for sure. No, we're, we're literally destroying the index fund. The index fund is now dead. True. true. Just, we just killed it. <laughs> okay. He did say that there are other expenses. So even if we took all of the expenses out of that, it's going to be pretty hard to eliminate 30% versus seven. Yeah. At 3% appreciation. Well, I just ran it at 1% appreciation Still and it's 10% it. rate of return. <laughs> just, just, this is too easy. <laughs> this is too easy. This is too easy. Now, Heather is fresh off of teaching this yesterday. So she's really True. bubbling up to talk about the rest <laughs> of the returns that there is in real estate. Now, we can't, Heather, before you get all super excited here, if it's your personal residence, True. there's no tenant paying down the mortgage. Okay. True. Good point. Okay. And, and you don't get to depreciate it. True. That is a bummer. It is a bummer, but you still get tax benefits. Yeah. And your payments that he was talking about being a super negative are still reducing your, your principal. It, it is mm -hmm. happening. Okay. So we could, if we wanted to take a whole bunch of time and prep for this show, which we clearly don't, we would have all of the numbers figured out on that half a million dollar house. So we knew exactly how much principal reduction was going to be, but typically it's about 3%. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know. You get to write off all of the interest. So I don't know how much interest is, but it'll be more than One 3%. Thing, yes. One thing we haven't even talked about too, is having a 30 year mortgage in an inflationary market. Mm -hmm. You've locked in at an interest rate lower than inflation. We don't want to get too complicated for Peter because I think he's struggling. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you run the numbers like me, you might discover that for where you live, it actually makes no financial sense to buy. Truth. That's true. We have yeah. several investors, many, many, many who rent 
because it's yeah. ridiculous. And then they buy investment properties outside of their state. It's true. That's a true yeah. statement. It's, I think, the only one he's made in this whole article. No, two. Here's another one. For the biggest purchase of your life, he adds, you mm. should know all the math and how it plays out 20 years in the future. You should also know math before you write articles about. True. That's all I'm saying. You should probably know math before you write an article about knowing math. Well, and I think one thing we haven't even touched upon too is that there's the emotional aspect of owning your own home for your family, for your children to grow up in. There's being able to make changes to your home because it's yours, right? And because and I told you I trolled some of the comments. I didn't spend a lot of time so because there's a lot. There's several thousand comments on this article. Most of them are laughing <laughs> at, the, at the content of the article. However, some people said, why does it have to be an investment? Like, this is where my family lives. And this is where <laughs> I raise my kids. Like, <laughs> You know, here's the thing. Many of you out there know that in order to be qualified to participate in most syndications, you have to be an accredited investor. And mm -hmm. one of the ways you become an accredited investor is net worth. Now, it used to be not too many years ago that your personal residence counted in your net worth number, mm. but they did away with that. Now, why do you suppose that they took the net worth number out for your personal <laughs> residence? Because you get so much equity, yeah. typically. <laughs> because it's probably the biggest, not probably, for the majority of the country, it is the largest asset. I just met with a guy yesterday and he's got 50%. He owes 50% on his house. Mm -hmm. It's several hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in that house. And the only thing that happened was he just lived there. I said, he just lived there. Yeah. Now, in one of these cool markets that we've been dissing on, so just I'll, I'll take a step back a second. And if you live in California, literally... By virtue of living there and owning a house that you live in, doesn't even have to be a nice house. You, you will likely become a millionaire yeah. just by virtue of owning a house in California. Yep. Existing in four walls. Now, that is why they removed it. You cannot yeah. use that any longer to prove that you have a net worth of a million dollars. And so they took it out because just normal people who don't know anything about what they're doing had assets that would put them into these, you know, risk, quote, quote, risky investments. That's the reason. And so it frustrates me. There's so many talking heads out there that tell people don't buy a house. Look, I'll tell you, don't buy a house till you're ready to buy a house. Mm -hmm. And Heather, we can go over a few things that would be, that would make a person ready to buy a house. But also, I mean, if it doesn't make any financial sense to do it and you can't afford the payment, clearly don't buy a house. Yeah. One thing in the comments, someone said, in quotes, you'll own nothing and be happy. That it, <laughs> it, I remember when we first oh, yeah. um, were married uh -huh. and we rented, Doug went back to grad school. And I remember because... I, my, probably for my dad, like dollars and cents and understanding we were renting. And I was like, this is so brutal. I remember running the numbers and I said, when you graduate, we will have paid $20,000 
to the person who owns this house basement apartment that we live in mm-hmm. 20 grand. Mm-hmm. And we decided to keep renting. I remember talking to you about it, Ron. You said you should buy Heather. And I said, well, I know the people who are renting me the house and they're only charging me four fifty, including utilities. And you were like, you should rent. You should definitely rent. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get so that deal important. anywhere else ever. So no. save some money. Yeah. I love this. He says, you've got to find the money every month to put into your home to pay that mortgage. So it forces <laughs> you to, you to build to equity. Keep in mind that when you have a mortgage, you will pay interest to your lender. Mm. Well, yeah. So when you pay rent, who are you paying the money yeah. to? And where are you coming up with the money to pay rent? It's the same thing. Look, yep. find a payment. That's comfortable. Rent payment, house payment, which one puts me ahead? All things being equal here, Peter, if I got a $2,500 mortgage payment or I've got a $2,500 rent payment, which one's better for me? Something may break and, you know, I have to may have to get really creative if I don't have a ton of money to figure out how to fix it, but I probably can. And in the meantime, I'm paying down the principal on my mortgage, like he said, forces you to build equity. But the market is also giving me a gift called appreciation. And I'm getting tax benefits, which make my payment less in the grand scheme of things. Yep. Yep. I don't think I could disagree more with people. Agreed. And again, back to the like, renting versus owning too. Just that alone. It's like, what? I mean, (laughs) owning your own home versus living in someone else's home. Yeah. So we've talked many, many times on the show about the compound effect. Mm -hmm. So the compound effect is either working for you or it's working against you. If you haven't read the book yet, you should go buy the book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Yeah. Darren Hardy. Yeah. Okay. It's working all the time. So when you're renting, who is it working for? It's working against you mm-hmm. because every single rent payment that you pay, you get none of it, zero dollars, yeah. and somebody else is getting that money and they are using it to build their wealth, period. Mm-hmm. When you own your home, even if you're using the bank to do so, or owner financing to do so either way, every single time you make a payment, part of that payment is to yourself. So if you rent for 10 years, because that's just what you think you should do because Peter and a whole bunch of other people told you it's stupid to own, you've missed 10 years of compounded growth and that's tragic. Yeah. I mean, you can pay off your mortgage Mm. and then because you've lived there long enough and paid your rent, so to speak, to your mortgage instead, you now have a place to live that doesn't cost you anything besides taxes, insurance, maintenance. I mean, there's no much lower payment in retirement. And And then- And Heather, this is all assuming you don't catch one of these awesome runs. Mm-hmm. We're, mm-hmm. we're assuming that this is the crappiest house in the crappiest location ever. And it only yeah. ever sees 3% appreciation. 
But what what if mm-hmm. you hit one of those years when it's 10, 14, 20% appreciation? And what if you hit a couple of those years? All of a sudden, you have so much money now that's yours, it's called equity, that you could parlay into another house and have, you could owe less money on that house. Like if you just did a sideways slide, which nobody does, but let's just say you did. Let's say you moved right into another house, right? And you, and you got one that maybe needed a little bit of work so you could get a little bit under market value. You use that equity to buy the next house. Doesn't take very many times like that before you've got a house that's paid off anyway, and you don't have to wait 30 years. Yep, exactly. I think some people, doesn't it seem, Ron, that some people who have this opinion are just discouraging people to better their financial situation? I mean, sometimes it feels that way. Well, like, some of them are big apartment investors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but some of them own a lot of apartment units. Yeah. And it seems a little, it's kind of like when Warren Buffett feigns anger that, quote, his secretary pays more taxes than he does when he knows perfectly well that she's paying on earned income and he's paying on income that he's already paid earned income on. And now it's investment income, which is taxed differently. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really disingenuous because he is then a proponent of raising the taxes on earned income of the quote wealthy, which will not impact him at all. Not not even a little bit. It's a little frustrating that some of these incredibly wealthy people get on and say ridiculous things like that. And it's just because the majority of the country straight up doesn't know what they're saying. They don't understand all of the different things that they're saying. So, And they don't know the tax code to know the difference, yeah. right? And, and Warren you? knows it. If he yeah. Look, if he wanted to not be disingenuous, he would get on TV and he would explain that there's two different types of taxes, that they're built into the tax code because wealthy people in our government wrote them that way for wealthy people. Yeah. Literally, that's, that is exactly what happens. So politicians and these wealthy people that talk about the writ, the quote rich, they're never talking about themselves. They're only talking about high wage earners. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, same thing here. So we have these guys that are going around and they're, you know, pretty well off and they're telling people that they should rent <laughs> when, yeah. when they own a whole bunch of rental units. Of course they want you to rent. Yeah. And why don't you just leave the home buying to us? As We've a got matter it. of fact, Heather, I got a few locations. You, you can yeah, Right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I wonder I if Peter owns some rental properties in New York. We should look that yeah. up. We should look For that real. up. It's ter- that's a terrible investment. You should never own a house. You should rent in one of my <laughs> buildings here in, uh, in Brooklyn. <laughs> I like Peter's voice. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. I apologize. I know, people who are from New York right now are going, that's not a New York act. I can't do one. So that's as good as I got. <laughs> I can't do one. 
Heather, you got a New York accent in there? I do. I have to prepare for it for a second, but yes. In fact, I was yesterday, my son was like, mom, that was a new, you said that with a New York accent. I say certain words. Get prepared for just a second. And then you can do Pietra Malik, like, you know, <laughs> the female version. The female version. Yeah. I mostly say certain words. Like I used to say cool, like cool me. Call me later. Like cool. I, I lived in New York. Is that so New York Qual or is that Boston? That sounded Boston to me. Well, Paul was what we said where I lived in New York because my sister dated a boy named Paul. Shows what I know. <laughs> I'll try to do a New York accent. Some of you like that sounds Irish. I'm like, well, the <laughs> Irish people moved to New York. I mean, there was True. a lot of Irish people in New York. True. That's where the root of the New York accent oh, came boy. from. Okay, we've completely derailed. I don't know. I I think it's Peter's fault. We're just blaming him for everything today. <laughs> Poor guy. That's right. Oh my goodness. It's so I think I think the takeaway for me is recommending things that will leave people in a worse financial situation. For the most part, people reading this and not recognizing that it's for certain markets, this would make sense. But it's not the majority, it's the minority. Yeah. Now don't run out and buy a house because we've given you all this great stuff. If you're not ready to buy a house, you need to have reserves. Because something will go wrong with the real estate. That's another thing, I guess. See, yeah. Peter did say some other things that were intelligent. Look, something will go wrong with the real estate. I promise you that. Yeah. When it does, you're on the hook. You're the person who's going to be responsible, right? Nobody mm -hmm. cares. The bank doesn't care. Nobody cares, right? If it's, it's your deal, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm replacing two doors today. They're out there doing work again, Heather. Oh. You know, I just noticed that the doors... There's a gap at the bottom of the doors going to the outside of the house. And I said, hey, can oh, you fix no. that? And they're like, no, man, those doors are shot. Like, okay, great. Well, let's just well, let's rip them it. out of there and replace them. So, so make sure you've got enough money to be able to afford everything that you're stable before you buy a house. And if that means mm -hmm. that you have to rent for a little while, that's fine. Just mm -hmm. don't do it in one of the apartment complexes of one of these people telling you not to buy a house. You should shun them. Go yeah. rent from somebody else who's telling you the truth. Like in one of my yeah. buildings. Yeah. Yeah. So rent in one of my buildings instead of one of their buildings. Yeah. And stay there forever because instead of buying a home rent and to stay there for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. In my, in my building though, stay in mine, not yeah. in theirs. Because yeah. I at least told you the truth. But yeah. if you want to rent forever, you call True. me up. Ron, I want to rent forever and I'm, I'm a stable human being and I'll pay your rent forever. I'll buy you a house yeah, and true. you can live in it forever. So Just pay me rent, if that's no your problem. jam, let me know. I'm not, I guess we should also say I'm not buying in New York. So, oh yeah. No matter what. You don't have to rent from Peter. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. We, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We completely derailed in this show. But the moral yeah, of the I story, think, Heather, yeah, I think well, has been so. well beaten into everyone mm -hmm. at this point. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. I think even though we beat it up, it's uh, the moral. It's important. It is important. Now, until next time, get out there and make something happen. That's right. Have a good week, everyone. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.